0: Welcome to Refresh, a podcast designed to revive, recharge, and renew your faith and give you the tools to follow Jesus. Refresh comes to you from the Salvation Army in Gwinnett County, Georgia. We meet in person every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. or online on Facebook and YouTube at Sal Army Gwinnett. We are excited that you have joined us this week and pray that God will bring his word to life. And now, for our speaker. So Moses was getting, he was getting a little old. Age was catching up to him. And it was time now for his leadership to be passed to the next generation. Now, we know when we read his story that he spent a third of his life, a third of his life has been in pursuit of a thing that's been called the land of promise. Now, it's taken a little longer than expected to get there, about 40 years to be exact. And it's not because God was directionally challenged or had forgotten the way to the land himself but because of Israel's disobedience and defiance. Perhaps, when we look back at their story, Israel had grown accustomed to the gods of Egypt, and they needed that time in the desert to realign themselves with the one true God. And in the desert, while they were roaming around, Israel often struggled with their faith, oftentimes wishing that God had just left them in Egypt. And even Moses had his moments of weakness, striking his staff on the rock to produce water instead of speaking to it as the Lord had commanded. And the Lord, angry with his servant Moses for doing this, stripped him, of the privilege of being the one to lead his people into the land that he has promised. And as the years have gone by in the desert, as they've wandered, as they've moved along, as they've picked up camp and resettled somewhere else, the generation that was freed from Egypt, such as Marion and Aaron, have all now, one by one, have passed away. And time has now finally come for Israel to enter their land. Now Moses, who is now 120 years old, is told by God to go on top of Mount Nebo, for his time has come as well. And so then, before Moses proceeds, before he goes up to the mountain... Before he departs his beloved Israel for one last time. That he has spent so much with. He's, been, he's traveled so long with them. He's, he's led them for, for every step in the desert. Before he just said goodbye, he assembled all of the tribes for one last gathering. And then he proceeds, Moses proceeds, to then bless each and every single tribe one on one individually on what they will look like once they enter into this new land where they will fit in how God will use them what is waiting for them just around the corner and he blesses each and every single tribe and then he finishes his blessing with a final word to Israel a final word in fact it's the last recording written recording words we have of Moses speaking to the nation. And he looks out to all of them and he says, Blessed are you, O Israel. There is no one else like you. A people saved by the Lord. He is your shield and helper and your glorious sword. Your enemies will cower before you and you will trample down all of their high places. And then at this, Moses climbs to the top of the mountain alone. And when he got to the top of the mountain, when he reached where God had told him to go, he stood there, and in the distance, he can see, Moses could see a beautiful land just past the Jordan. He can see it right out there, Oh, and what a beautiful land it is. It's a land that will provide all what Israel needs. It's a land that is, it's exactly what what he had hoped for. What he can even imagine when, when it was passed down generation to generation on what this land would look like. And even there, just looking at it, was a sweet reminder of God's love. For the land itself will be holy. It will be a land of milk and honey. And so Moses stands on the mountaintop, reflecting on God's promises and how sweet they are, regardless of what those promises may be. For it's time now for God to keep another promise. And so then, on the mountaintop, the Lord himself appears next to Moses, standing face to face. And he says to him, Moses, this is the land that I promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And today, I've allowed my servant to see it with his own eyes. And knowing that he will not be able to step foot into that promised land, Moses finds rest on the mountain. And with the land in his view, just there, he can see it. And with the land in his view, Moses closes his eyes, And dies peacefully with the Lord next to his side. According to scripture, it says that the Lord Himself buried Moses, and that to this day the grave has never been found. You see, There has been never a servant like Moses, ever to rise again in Israel. One that knew God face to face, that performed miraculous signs and wonders, and who led his people to freedom. That is, until years later, when the sky broke its silence to a group of shepherds in the field, And then suddenly a voice from heaven came down and to the shepherd said, today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word and your love and your promises. But right now, God, we are praying for understanding and clarity as we go through this scripture. That God Help us focus our mind and our hearts on you alone. That, Lord, if there's anything here, God, that, that you want us to take away, that you want us to, 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 to bring and make part of us, the Lord, may it be so. God, I pray specifically now that if anything I say, anything I do is, is not true, is not of the gospel, then correct it. Father, that I do not want to cause confusion, but, Father, Lord, I want to pray only, your tr- only say your truth. So Lord, I pray this now, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 Well, this morning we're going to be actually looking into Matthew chapter seventeen. So we just had that read by Jeremy, who did so well. Thank you. Uh, but we're going to be looking into what that portion of Scripture is called the Transfiguration. I mean, what, an, what, what a fun top! What a what a fun place to be when I'm talking about the Transfiguration. Now, this is the second time that Jesus predicts his death to the disciples. So if you recall last week, he, he already kind of warned them the first time. He, he had gathered them all together and shared that he is going to have to die. It was the first time that he really kind of, really kind of revealed that to them. I think maybe they thought, well, maybe we'll happen, but he really revealed it's going to happen. Is that that in order for there to be redemption, in order for what my Father's will has to accomplish, I have to die. And if you remember, Peter didn't take that too well. In fact, he was quick to rebuke Jesus and say, you need to knock that stuff off. You need to get this out of here. In fact, I don't like the tone you're using either, mister. I mean, he, he just really, just really rebuked Jesus like, oh, no, 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 you're not coming into our place to tell us. You didn't just call me to come follow you so you can die. I mean, they're really struggling with this. And if we remember that Jesus had to even rebuke harder, push back against Peter, get behind me, Satan. Oh man. But you're not going to rob my father of this will. It's not going to happen. And so now where we see where we pick up, where we start today in the scripture says that it's only six days later. I mean, we're, we're talking a week. In fact the same time since the last time we've talked about it, just a week later. And so we pick up 17 a week later after that moment. I'm sure Peter is still tasting the rebuke in his mouth. Oh man, I didn't like being called that. I'm sure many of us have been there before. Maybe when when we have been rebuked by maybe a righteous or a holy moment and we received rebuke, we don't like that. We're not comfortable with that. But we can see in scripture That sometimes that has to happen in order for us to know him more. For us to to step out and realize that we need to grow in him. And so maybe maybe Peter's still there. I don't know. But I can tell you where the scripture picks up. It just says that six days later, Jesus just calls three of them out. Hey, uh, Peter, James, and John. Uh, Before there's songs written about the three of you, won't you come and follow me? And so they... They followed it, they told them to come, all right, so they just left the rest of it. So it was just the three of them, it wasn't all of them, but the three of them followed Jesus. And what they did is they went on a little walk. And what we see is that Jesus started to lead them up a very high mountain. Now, the scripture doesn't actually clarify or say what the mountain was. It didn't give us a name, it didn't say, well, they went up this mountain, this was... And listen. There are so many scholars that have an opinion on this is the mountain. Maybe it was this one. It could have been this one. And for those of us who've been to Israel, I'm, there's no stop on the tour that says, well, this is the Transfiguration Mountain. We don't know. And so we just know that it went up a high mountain. Now, I assure you, at least when I was reading and studying, I don't believe that this was a, a, the ultimate cardio test that he was trying to push on the disciple. If you're going to follow me, your heart rate has to be higher than 130. I don't think that's what was happening here but as he was taking them all the way up to the top of the mountain it was by design it was on purpose he was taking them to the mountaintop so that he can separate them from the world for this moment there was something he was about to do that he didn't want everybody else to see yet and so he had to be high enough to where the average person couldn't see what was going on. Now, why did he choose these three? I don't know. There's a lot of opinions about that. But he, for whatever reason, he said, these three, man, I want you to see this. Now, Jesus could have done this without them. He could have done it with But he said, I want you to see this. So he brought them to the top of the mountain. Now, what we see is that when they get to the top, when they're at the very top of this mountain peak, whatever it is, wherever it is, the scripture is very clear that it says that they were all alone there was no one there as I would imagine it was just a nice peaceful view of whatever the scenery was now I can imagine the disciples because this would be me if I was them if I was following Jesus around I may have noticed a pattern by now that when Jesus says hey come follow me there's usually some lesson or lecture that's going to be following afterwards and so I would imagine the disciples are now at the top of this mountain now, also, they could—I I suppose they could have been saying, well, "It's about time we have a retreat," and we've been working hard. Thank you for this lovely moment of peace and relaxation. But I'd be willing to bet that they're going, "Okay, what's up his sleeve? What is he about? What is he about to ask us to do?" Maybe it's just to show us the promised land. You know, look how beautiful it is now. I mean, who knows? It may have been a Mufasa Simba moment, where well, this is—this will be the promised land after the Rome has been defeated. I don't know. But they're standing up there on the mountain looking out. But this is not the reason why he brought them there. You see, as they were there in his presence on top of this mountain, just out of nowhere, no warning, no explanation, the disciples were just looking out. And then what they saw as they looked over to Jesus, and Jesus just all of a sudden had his whole face, it just started to bright up like the sun, like a star almost. It was just his face at first. It was just shining so entire bright. And the disciples, look at th- look, look, look at this. And then the scripture says that as his face started to shine so bright. And listen, I'm telling you, I, I, these spotlights around me all the time. I can imagine how bright this was. Is it was just bright and bright where you couldn't start. And then it was his entire body, it says, his, ho- His clothes were even starting to shine off, this brightness like the sun. And so the disciples now are, are, are trying to look and say, what is, and, and they can see, trying to break through and see it was just so bright. But then something else happens. I mean, that alone is something worth to be talking about. I mean, I can't do that. I, can't, I just can't be bright all of a sudden. I mean, I guess my personality could, I suppose. But I can't. I mean, I, I even wear a dark uniform. I can't be bright. But here, Jesus just became bright, like a star. But then something else happened. They suddenly saw standing next to Jesus in this brightness were two other figures. This doesn't make any sense. You see, there was no one else on the mountain when they got there. They were all alone. They traveled alone with jesus on top of this mountain and as their eyes adjusted to the figures and we know what that is when and of course we're teaching our kids right now don't look at the sun and of course they look at the sun because you told them not to so you know what that is when you kind of get your eyes adjusted and so then their eyes started to adjust and they started to see the two figures to their surprise Standing next to Jesus was Moses and Elijah. I mean, why Moses? Why Elijah? Why on this mountaintop next to Jesus? Well, I'm going to tell you that right now, in this moment, on the transfiguration, on the mountain, is that Jesus is now standing before these three disciples with Moses and Elijah, because this is him revealing to these three disciples that he is indeed the Messiah. Pay attention, boys. I am who I say I am. But why these two? Why Moses? Why Elijah? Well, Moses represented the laws. And Elijah represented the prophets. The essence of the entire Old Testament is standing in their presence on top of this mountain. All of the scriptures, everything they would have learned as a young boy in synagogue school is now standing in front of them on this mountain with Jesus just bright and consuming the space. This was Jesus showing the disciples Peter, listen to me. I am the law, and I am the prophets. I mean, how can they doubt him? How can they doubt this moment on top of the mountain? Because you see, Moses and Elijah, they spoke to Jesus as if they were familiar with him. They knew him. They were not strangers to who Jesus was. And there on top of the mountain is Moses and Elijah, and in fact, the scripture says here that when the disciples were observing, when they were watching this, is that the three of them were just talk, they were just chatting. They were talking to each other, Moses, Elijah, and Jesus, they were just conversing on top of the mountain. And it was like the disciples were just there as a fly, just kind of observing. And so the three, they, they, were, they knew each other. It wasn't as Moses was saying, uh, I don't know this guy. He didn't look too familiar. It would be as if they've spent some time together. They knew each other. And so now the disciples are looking and observing this, the law and the prophets, and familiar with the one. And so Peter, as he usually does, because it appears that he's the most vocal one, kind of just shouted out to get their attention. He says, Lord, it is good that we are here. It is good that we are here, and if you wish, just say the word. If you wish, we will build you all shelters, so that we can just stay here and just be here. I mean, this is this is Peter. This is he, he's understanding what's happening. That he is now literally on the mountaintop with God. He does not want to leave and who would want to leave that when you experience that that redemption when you experience that that that, that feeling that we have the moment that closeness that we get when we see jesus the real jesus when you have that moment why would we want to leave and so peter is saying listen this is good stuff and we're willing to build some shelters Because we want to just soak in this. We want to just be here for as long as we possibly can. And then here, it says that before Peter can even finish speaking, before he can even just get the words out that, listen, boys, let's go get the wood. We're going to be here for a minute. Before he even finished speaking, it says that in that moment, a bright cloud... As bright as Jesus, just, just bright like the sun and the star, came over the top of their heads on top of this mountain. And the disciples looked up and saw the brightness. But then, out of this bright sun, out of the top of this mountain there, a voice from the heavens came down and said, This is my son, whom I love. And with him, I am well pleased. Listen to him. And then with the three just at this moment, when the disciples heard the voice, when they heard the voice from heaven, they were filled with the very same thing that the shepherds were filled that night in the fields. They were filled with fear. And so they quickly fell down to their face onto the ground and they were terrified. I want you to notice. Notice that the disciples that they did not fall on their face when they saw Jesus transfigure, when they were when he was transformed with brightness, they didn't fall to their face. When they saw Moses and Elijah, they did not fall to their face. Even when the cloud first arrived in its brightness, they did not fall to their face. They fell when the voice from heaven spoke. They were filled with fear and terrified. Listen, God's voice is a voice of power. It is a voice of redemption. It is a voice that all creatures bow and cry out to. Is the voice of God. For if we, if you and I, if we do not let the voice of God penetrate our hearts, then the stones will cry out on our behalf because they know his voice. And we cannot remember, we cannot forget this, that there will be a day. We must not forget that there will be a day when all of us will bow to the sound of his voice and so while the disciples were still on the ground when they heard that voice and they decided that no stone is going to cry on my behalf and when they stay there on the ground terrified filled with fear what they did is that in that moment they felt a hand touch them on the shoulder like this and when they looked their face up they saw Jesus He looked normal. The cloud was gone. Moses and Elijah were gone. And Jesus was just there standing before him. And he said, Do not be afraid. Get up. And when they lifted their heads and got to their feet, they were once again alone on the mountain with Jesus. The transfiguration, as it will eventually be called when we get smart people to name stuff, was to show the disciples a few things. I think it was to show that Jesus is from a spiritual world. His power and his authority come from a place that is not of this world. This is who he is. And two, that the great prophets of the Old Testament, the ones that Israel hold with the highest regard as the men of God who moved Israel into God's presence, that those men even submit to Jesus meaning only one thing coming down from this mountain. He is the Messiah. He is the one. And so on their way back down, all the way down the mountain, and the scripture actually details what that journey, look, they didn't skip out on it. They talked about every step back down off of the mountain, going back to the rest of the disciples. And as they were talking and conversing and still probably just going, I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave. I just want to stay there. I want to be there. I want to just just absorb that presence. I I just want to experience it. But as they were going down the mountain, Jesus tells the three disciples, do not tell anyone what you have seen here today until after I have been raised from the dead. Now, I know many of us in this room have experienced Jesus like this many times, several times. We often experience the fullness of Jesus at the mountaintop. We maybe find it in a revival, a youth councils, or even a holiness retreat that we find this mountaintop experience with jesus that oftentimes that these experiences reveal to us who jesus is and it's probably mostly done in a way that we have not seen before and we don't want it to stop have you ever experienced this that you've just been in that presence of god in that mountaintop and you're like man i'm I'm building a tent, and we're just going to sit right here. And we may even be seeing that even now among our country, is at these mountaintops where God is bringing people up going, I need you to see this. I need you to experience this. I need you to, to be a part of this. I mean, we want to stay in those mountaintops. And there are times, I'm going to tell you many times, most times, no doubt, that Jesus wants, he wants us to have these experiences. These are not bad at all. On the contrary, they are good, very good things. Healings can take place when this happens. Redemption is often found. Callings are loudly heard in these moments. But we cannot overlook, we cannot overlook that after the work that was done on the mountain, even the disciples had to come down. They had to come down off of the mountain. They had to return back with the rest of the disciples. They had to go and carry out its mission, his will among the world, among the earth. See, these experiences on the mountain are meant to change our hearts so that we can live life on the bottom of the mountain close to him. It does us no good, does mean no good, to leave what he gave us on top of the mountain to only come down, not having changed at all. I think, at least when I read through the scripture, I think the whole Old Testament and even the New is filled with these mountaintop experiences over and over again, that there are many (laughs) days where I know, and I know you feel feel me on this, Is that you feel like you're walking alone. Maybe you're dry. Maybe you don't understand. Maybe I don't get it. Are you even there? And then there are those moments in our life where he shows up and says, I'm here. I haven't forgotten you. I have not. I've been with you this entire time. And it's easy for us to just hit that grind and just live that that day-to-day forgetting about who he is And when we are experiencing those mountains, when we get those chances, it fills our cup so that when we come down off the mountain, we are ready to then take on life. And so friends, I assure you, I promise you that the God who revealed himself on the mountaintop is the same God waiting for you in the valley. It's the same God. Our emotions are small compared to Him. Because you see, when we experience God, our marvel, I mean, listen, we feel it. We know it. Our heart is full. And we mistake, in fact, it's a lie from Satan that when we come down off the mountain and all those emotions go away, we say, well, maybe it wasn't Him. Or maybe maybe I'm doing this wrong. I don't have the, the same feeling, the same Emotion, I assure you that God is bigger than that emotion. He's there, He's with you. And what He needs from us, from all of us, is to receive whatever it is, whatever it is from Him to you, so that we can take it back to our family, to our workplace, to our school. So that other revivals, other mountaintops can be taking place that others can experience Him. And so this morning, what about you? Are you right now on a mountain or are you in a valley? And you may be right there in the middle. Maybe have you, have you noticed or have you felt that something is different after being with him? You're not the same. Or maybe the question, perhaps the question I should ask is how is the battle going? How is the battle going? Because make no mistake, and I think I think we may even be living some of this right now. That make no mistake that once we leave the mountaintop, the enemy is on alert. He is waiting. He's waiting to pounce. He's waiting to rob and to steal what God has given you. But take courage, for he cannot overcome the Lord God Almighty, for that is the name we call upon. And so this morning we pray to him and lift our voices and sing to him, the God of the mountaintop and the God of the valley.